0: What's going on everybody and you know what time it is. It's another episode of the Dynasty Owners Manual podcast and for today's episode, I broke it up into two parts again because we were starting to get kind of long, but uh, we brought the wonderful Bobby Koch back on with us today in order to talk about quarterbacks. I mean, you've seen some of Bobby's work over at Dynasty League Football and even beforehand uh, some of his work over at uh, 2QB's wonderful website. Uh, that has uh, since gone on to uh, the wonderful website or, uh, I guess, Internet in the Sky, uh, since that is no longer a place for us to go and consume content. But other, either way, uh, Bobby came on to talk a little bit about uh, some of the quarterbacks that we're not really talking about right now. I mean, the focus has really been uh, Tua. It's been Burrow. Maybe a little bit about Hurts, but, I mean, those have been the three guys that most folks have been talking about. So we wanted to dig a little bit deeper, talk about some of the other quarterbacks in this class, and we brought Bobby in for some of his expertise in that area. So here in this first part, we got into the first few quarterbacks we wanted to discuss, uh, Justin Herbert, uh, Jordan Love, and then uh, we let Adam go off on a little rant about Jalen Hurts. But uh, hopefully you guys uh, enjoy this first part, second part coming at you, as quickly as we can. Uh, but other than that, enjoy.
1: It's automatic.
0: And here are your authors Chris Allen and Adam
1: Wilde. All right, welcome into another episode of the Dynasty Owner's Manual, everybody. This is Adam Wilde. You can find me at APWILDE. And let me make sure to introduce my co host that you hear from every week since I didn't last week. That is Chris Allen, FFWX, and we're joined for probably the fourth-ish time with Bobby Koch. Bobby, how are you doing, my man? I'm doing all right. Thanks for having me on again, guys. Uh, always nice to talk some
2: football during everything that's going on. I'm here in uh, my parents' house. I know I've heard stories of like Kevin Cotullo, uh podcasting from his bathtub. I'm not quite at that me. level yet, but I am... Uh, those like wooden, sturdy tables is my setup right now. So if you hear a major crash during this podcast, <laughs> that is my recording equipment going to heaven.
1: There you go. Fantastic. All right. So if you guys listened in last week, we discussed Matt Miller's recent mock draft. This was after free agency period. So a lot of things got adjusted. And with Addison Hayes, we discussed uh, just some first round, second round and third round uh, players. From DLS most recent ADP We like to get Bobby on to talk QBs I think this is probably the third year in the road doing it Which is cool because it's our third year of the show Um, But we've heard so much about Burrow We've heard so much about Tua And you'll hear us talk about Burrow and Tua um, In the previous episode, uh, part two That will be out shortly So what we're going to do today Is talk about everybody in Superflex That is not named Burrow or Tua And uh, we're going to take Matt Miller's mock as gospel again. So we're going to pretend these were the actual landing spots. And I just want everybody to kind of touch on these players. Give what you liked about them, what you don't like about them, if you don't think the spot's good. Um, We have four specific questions here. How do you feel about the player? And then we'll see if you like the pick or not. Um, And I encourage both of you to change the pick if you want to. Screw it. We can do whatever we want. And uh, and let me know what it would do for their dynasty value. And then – we have the, um, the ADP for around the players because this is super flexed. So I just want to know if they're going to jump some of the players around them. If a quarterback goes early, is he going to jump some of the skill position players ahead of them? So we'll start with you, Bobby, and we're going to start with Herbert first. Herbert went to the L.A. Chargers at pick six overall, and his current DLF ADP is one oh nine. nine. What do you think about Justin Herbert?
2: Yeah, you know, Herbert was a guy that I wanted for the Giants last season. I was hoping that he would come out. Um, Obviously, he didn't show much progression deciding to stay in school, which is why he's kind of fallen down some people's boards. But he's still interesting to me. Um, I think he's going to be the Josh Allen or Daniel Jones of this year's class, meaning everyone kind of hates on him. But he represents a value in super flex drafts because people are going to hate on him and he's going to end up being towards that end of the first early second range and then be a starter. And if he goes to the chargers, he's going to have Keenan Allen to throw to He's going to have Mike Williams, Hunter Henry, Austin Eckler. That is honestly probably my favorite landing spot for a rookie right now or rookie quarterback, just in terms of the weapons. So I would really like this pick. And I think that if he were to go to the chargers, you probably at least in you're you're considering teams that are really quarterback needy. He's not going to make it past you know pick six or seven. He's not going to last until nine. He's going to jump Cam Akers and J.K. Dobbins, for example, or just some of those other running backs. Maybe even Jerry Judy, because mm-hmm. there's going to be a team that really needs a quarterback and love that Charger spot that will take him in that mid-first range.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and I think that's that's what where you, uh, that's where I'm sitting at too uh, when it comes to. Any quarterback that winds up falling into uh, into the Chargers, and he goes to L.A., I think that is really the the spot. I would almost want to keep it like quarterback agnostic, because if it's outside of Burrow and if it's outside of Tua. I think we have an idea that I mean almost any of those quarterbacks that w- that could possibly fall to the Chargers would fall into a fantasy friendly position or that situation would be one that we would want to invest in. So most of them and most of the guys that we'll continue to talk to their skills are semi decreasing as we get like deeper and deeper into this draft. Herbert kind of sticks out as one of the guys that sit like closer to the top. So While I'm not sure how quickly the transition will be, if it will be something like uh, how Tyrod was in Cleveland, where it was he got like the first few games and then once he started to struggle, then he gets yanked. I don't know if that's going to be the case, but either way, if Herbert falls to that position, he'd be somebody that, yeah, I would have to move him up my ranks because we'd have to see that transition coming soon, if not at some point this upcoming season by 2021 at the very least. Uh, but for Herbert himself, as a, as a passer, I definitely like what he brings to the table. I mean, velocity, arm strength, I mean, those are definitely some of his uh, like the tools that he brings to the table, and I like that. Um, but I think Bobby kind of laid it out like quite well, at least the case for Herbert, uh, where I think that a team like the Chargers, they are fairly well set up so that a rookie and some of the rookie woes that you might have to kind of work with, I and mean, that team is set up to, I guess pretty much take that they can they can assume that risk without losing too much right i mean it's not like uh they were they're an older team that is quickly going to wind up losing players if they don't have somebody that kind of steps in immediately and takes them to the promised land i don't think they're set up like i would say a team like uh the first one that comes off the top of my head is a team like indianapolis where some of their prime pass catchers are towards the end of their careers. So guys like TY Hilton, even a guy like Jack Doyle, uh, I mean those guys are like in there like towards in the twilight of their career whereas with LA their defense younger and very well experienced and also the players that Bobby outlined on their offense, so guys like Hunter Henry, even Keenan Allen who is older but still in his prime and still has a couple years, at least a few years ahead of him. Those are guys that you can, again, you can help a quarterback grow into that system. So I think the way that they are set up right now, regardless of who they take, I mean, me personally, I would prefer a guy like Jalen Hurts because stylistically he compares better with the quarterbacks that they've had. Or at least uh, with Tyrod rather, not really with Phillip Rivers, but at least stylistically, if you're going to take a guy like uh, play a guy like Tyrod Taylor, then I think Jalen Hurts is a plus up from that. But either way, I think that anybody that winds up playing for the Chargers is a that's a quarterback I want to invest in.
1: Yeah, I thought that Herbert was going to be Josh Allen special where I didn't like him either until I started digging into him a little bit more, and I really don't have many knocks on him. One of my favorite things about Tua uh, over Burrow, potentially for me, was the, the consistent production. I just like to see that at Burrow had the best year ever, fully understand it, probably going to go first overall, and I might take him first overall still. But I really just, in the rookie drafts, I like to see the consistent production uh, if I'm going to invest in a guy. So he had he had over 3,000 yards passing last year. That's fantastic. But he had over 63% in three of his four years as a starter. And um, starting four years is pretty impressive, too. Um, I'm going to mention some of the DLF player profile articles because they've done such good work over there. So I've got a few different shout outs along the way. But uh, Frank Gruber mentioned in his player profile for Justin Herbert that he moves the pocket very well in Oregon, both left and right. And that's definitely something of note because I've been looking into Mike Williams recently. Uh, And I've never been a fan of Mike Williams, but I think he's a pretty decent value now because I think that Tyrod does a few things that work a lot better for Mike Williams now than Phillip Rivers did pretty much everything, honestly, because Phillip Rivers last year just he wasn't it. And I don't know why the Charger or I don't know why the Colts came out and said that they don't see any drop in production and i don't see that he's a big upgrade to brissette but i think some of the same thing that tyrod's going to do that's going to make things better for mike williams i.e move the pocket to allow for added time to get downfield and also just downfield accuracy and deep ball are all things that herbert has in his arsenal so i wouldn't change the pick i think the pick's perfect um and i also think two is much much better than herbert it's an obvious teardrop but you're going to mortgage your entire future to to move up for Tua, uh, and they probably have to move up to two if they're going to do that. I think you're. It's probably worth it instead of mortgaging your future to sit tight and just draft Herbert. Um, so that's what we have on Herbert, and and then our next guy. I don't feel like should be our next guy, but. He is. (laughs) So the next guy is Jordan Love, and uh, he gets drafted to New Orleans with the 24th pick overall. So first, still in the first round, but his DLF Superflex ADP right now is 204. So that means we only have three quarterbacks in the first round of Superflex ADP right now. How do you feel about Jordan Love, Bobby?
2: Yeah, it's interesting. Jordan Love is a guy that I can't really figure out. I've heard a lot of people really like him. I've also heard some people I trust really not like him. There was an interesting uh, ESPN article, and I don't usually say that these days. Uh, No offense, ESPN, but The Athletic is much better, so you need to step up your game. But there was an interesting ESPN article about Jordan Love and some of the stuff that he had to deal with off-field, including his father passing away at a young age. And it was just an interesting profile on him and some of the stuff that he's had to deal with. But in terms of landing spot, I do see him as a developmental guy. And so being able to be behind Drew Brees for a year is not the worst thing in the world. Um, if you And I just want to put this out there. I know we all love Taysom Hill just because he's or maybe you hate him because he vultures a bunch of stuff. But if you legitimately think that Taysom Hill is the future of that franchise, I have a bridge in the middle of fairyland that I want to sell you right now. Taysom Hill is not the franchise quarterback. He is, at best, like a wildcat option or just a guy that you use on trick plays. And so Jordan Love would have an opportunity. Whether he could use that opportunity well, I'm not entirely sure. That said, the Saints are going to have Alvin Kamara there, although it might be towards the end of his contract by the time Love starts, and Michael Thomas at the very least. Michael Thomas seems like he would be any rookie uh, quarterback or developing quarterback's best friend. The dude can catch literally anything. So if you get a pass within range of him, he's going to catch it, and that means fantasy points for you, and also just confidence building for whoever it is that lands with the Saints. Uh, There was also a report that, Drew Brees, or Sean Payton said that this year is going to be Drew Brees' last year, maybe accidentally. He'd let it slip, but it seems pretty likely. The, I was going to say earlier to Chris that uh, a team that really seems like it's all in right now is the Saints. They're trying to go for one last Super Bowl win with Drew Brees. And it does seem like if that happens or even comes close to happening, he could easily ride off into the sunset. So I don't mind the spot for Love. It's just I'm not sure, honestly, how I feel about love yet.
0: Yeah, and I think that uh, like Bobby, I think hit the nail on the head in that, uh, like, if he goes, if he goes to New Orleans, I mean, this is a team that's, I mean, they're basically pushing their chips all in. I mean, they brought back most of their most of their free agents uh, this past off season on both the the defense and the offense. Uh, they added Emmanuel Sanders. I mean, this is a team that I mean that sees their window and they're trying to capitalize on it. I'm with that. So it's hard for me to think about, like, so say if they do pick up, uh, say if they do pick him up or they draft him this season, what is that team going to look like in two or three years? After they have to restructure deals, let some guys go, what's that team state going to be midway through his, his rookie season? So with as much uncertainty that you could probably see New Orleans being in in 2022, 2023. I mean that's it's. I mean it's not something that would like cripple his value or anything like that. It's just something to consider. But the but the other part to it is that yeah that is a favorable offensive system. Uh, I'll do a, a shameless plug and uh, say uh, for my last uh, my latest article that came out uh, uh, at four for four football uh, that went through Teddy Bridgewater, I charted a lot of how that offense runs and what they do. And stylistically, like what Drew Brees did and what Teddy Bridgewater did is not all that much different. It, what they ask their quarterbacks to do, they do those, this up-tempo short quick passing scheme that doesn't rely on a ton of arm strength. That doesn't rely on a bunch of deep passing I mean, it allows you to see your first, second read and then actually and then maximize the value of the playmakers that they have. So guys like Alvin Kamara, guys like Michael Thomas, even Jared Cook. I mean, those, those are guys that you maximize that short area of the field and you get them in space. So a guy like Jordan Love, I mean, he would be able to, I mean, easily, I think I would say that for most of the prospects in this class, they would be able to quickly take advantage. Of that system, I mean that's why you saw guys like uh, like Teddy Bridgewater shine in just that five or six game sample when we hadn't seen him actually make any sort of meaning a meaningful start since 2016, something like that. So I think that the offensive system already sets up well for a guy like Love. So while he might have been at times erratic, I mean he had like multiple like uh, quite a few games with multiple interceptions. I mean, there are, I think there's, there's a chance that a lot of that risk can be minimized by going to a system where it's just, all right, five, 10 yards down the field, boom, hit your guy out of the backfield, swing pass in the flat, boom, hit your guy. So I think that, I mean, the way that that offense is set up and assuming that Sean Payton's still going to be there well after Drew Brees retires. I mean, that's something where I think love can really take advantage of that. And I think that he would be a guy if he falls to that, his value to me, that goes up and I'd want to invest.
2: Uh, just real quick before Adam jumps in here. So in that ESPN article, uh, one other interesting fact they mentioned was that during the combine interviews, um, usually, you know, coaches ask some like random question that really tries to throw the quarterback off their game. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Love actually lucked out because all of the questions were about his interceptions and how he could improve upon that. But he was saying how another prospect and he went name who. Was asked by one of the coaches, What would you do if I just sat up and punched you in the face right now? So that just gives you an idea of the sorts of like curveball questions they are asked. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> I beat your ass. That's yeah. what I, tell.
1: <laughs> I just punch you in the face. Like, I don't get those. I really don't. That's ridiculous. I just wish these Wonderlick scores would come out so I know if I won money. Yeah. But- let me reiterate on your point before I jump into mine, Chris. That was a good point with the with the Saints offense because he is the type of player that really just needs like a if-then scenarios. And that's kind of how – that's why Peyton gets along so well with Drew Brees because they're both very mechanical um, in their mentalities where if I see this, then I'm doing this. If I see this, I'm doing this. The plan happens before it happens to those type of guys. So that would be good for a lot of the concerns that I'm about to put forward with Jordan Love. Um, two things that I had noted on film were raw and natural arm talent. And I don't want to just throw football terms at you and move one seems to happen so much. So what do I mean by that natural arm talent? I mean, he doesn't always get himself in the best position to make the throws like a guy that we'll talk about later that uh, Bobby mentioned before the show. But but when he, he gets himself out of those those troubling situations with, with quality arm talent. He can throw from many angles. Um some of the things that, that people were talking about with Mahomes. Now, yeah, I get it. He's M V P he's the best quarterback in the league right now, but he wasn't always. Um and when he came out, there were there were a lot of concerns that he was just an arm. And uh, you know, it turned out okay for him. I'm not very big one, love right now. Uh, his sophomore season was fantastic, uh, much better than his his junior season. So his sophomore season: thirty two touchdowns to six interceptions, and uh, three three thousand five hundred sixty seven yards, and sixty four percent completion. Everything went down uh, last year, but the most worrisome is the twenty touchdowns to the seventeen interceptions ratio. That's just that's terrible for a quarterback that's going into the NFL. Um, I, I just, I don't know that he can go anywhere where he's going to produce early, at least with the saints, he'll get one year. I really view him as a guy that might go a a couple years, uh, somebody that we're going to get more interested in a few years from now. So maybe I, I see him going a little later in the draft. And I also see the next person that we're about to talk about going a little earlier. I think these players are going to flip flop in a super flex ADP as well. So the next, the next player that we're going to discuss here is Jalen Hurts. I love Jalen Hurts. I think Jalen Hurts is going to be a fantastic player for the NFL. And here's the thing for Jalen Hurts, without giving too much away before Bobby gets started, it's just that he's the only guy that can do what he does in this draft. So the competition is, isn't as steep as, as you would think. But Bobby, Jalen Hurts is going to Andy. He's going there with the 34th pick overall. The Colts got it from the Redskins. And his DLF ADP is two point oh seven, which is three spots behind Jordan Love. What do you got on Hertz?
2: Yeah, Hertz is uh, especially going to the Colts. I like it a lot. Uh, Hertz, I think, has, and this is going to sound like a hot take, but he has the highest potential fantasy upside of any quarterback in this draft. And I say that because he has something that the others don't have as much, which is upside, which matters for fantasy. Uh, Tua maybe had that before. I guess the hip injury is a little concerning in terms of that. But Hurts in the right spot is going to be a great fantasy player. Um, in terms of NFL, I don't know that it will be as great for NFL because sometimes what's great for fantasy is not as great for NFL. I'm looking at you, my former love, Blake Bortles. Um, but that said, Jalen Hurts to the Colts would be, it'd be quite the change for them because obviously they had Andrew Luck who was – a pocket passer and that was his thing. And he was one of the best pocket passers to just refused to protect him at all, forcing him to retire. I'm very salty about it. Andrew Luck was one right. of my favorite quarterbacks, right. um, but Philip rivers also going to be a pocket passer. If you can even call him that at this stage of his career, I will say um, to Chris's earlier point about rivers, or maybe it was yours, Adam, he did look a bit washed last year. But I think signing this deal with the Colts will reinvigorate him a bit, and I think he can play well enough that he'll provide at least decent numbers for fantasy owners and maybe one last sell window if you're not competing and holding on to him. But that said, I do think that if they were to draft Hurts, he'd be, if not starting this year, definitely starting next year because they, they can very easily move on from Rivers' player option right. at that point. Mm-hmm. And they don't necessarily have the best weapons in terms of fantasy potential. Uh, T Y Hilton is obviously getting up there in age and has had some injuries slow him down a little bit. They've tried a few different guys opposite Hilton that just haven't really worked out. Uh, Marlon Mack is a fine uh, running back and I guess Naim. So one guy I'm very interested in fantasy wise this year, this is totally off topic, but Naeem Hines is going to mm-hmm. catch like all the
1: screen passes that Eckler caught last right. year. Right. Um, but they need he's some had other weapons presence, too, which was kind of weird he, mm-hmm. last year he he was pretty prevalent in the red zone since, yep. since he's been in the league, he's been prevalent in the red zone i don't I don't know why that came about, but he gets a lot of run in the red zone, so mm-hmm. same deal with Eckler
2: yeah, so he's a guy you might want to look at, but in terms of long term, the Colt's weapons to me are questionable at best, so mm-hmm. I would like to see them draft some other you know wide receiver help around him. Maybe even some tight end help around him, even though they still have Jack Doyle around. Um, but I'm a big fan of Hurts, too. And I think that he will be a value pretty much wherever he goes, unless it's like a very clear backup situation where it's like, oh, for whatever stupid reason, Bill O'Brien decided to draft Jalen Hurts to back up Deshaun Watson. I was just going
0: to say that that would be like one of the worst things that could happen to his value. Uh, but I mean, but who knows? I mean, with as crazy as uh, the Texans have been in terms of like the pieces that they move and apparently he has uh, Bill O'Brien has so many issues with some of his current players who, who knows what winds up happening. I mean, he could wind up shipping, you know, Deshaun Watson off too, and just uh, completely change the entire the entire roster. Who knows. Uh, but yeah, I, I wholeheartedly agree with both of you guys. I mean, when it comes to from a fantasy perspective. I mean, there's nobody that offers the same upside both as a passer and a runner as Jalen Hurts in this class. I mean, this past season, what, like uh, 3,800 passing yards, 1,200 rushing yards, like something like that. Uh, I mean, you can't find another player in this class that offers a similar upside. And so if you... If you take that and then now you try and apply that, even even if you try and find some facsimile of a of an offense like what Oklahoma had in the in the NFL, I mean, sure it'd be great. I mean, we saw what Kyler Murray did in his first season with Cliff Kingsbury, uh, and so I, I think that. The ability for a young passer that can that's also athletic and likes to and likes to take off when he can and use his he uses size he uses mobility uh, as a plus, then that's what we want in fantasy. I mean, that's why we've been calling it the Konami Code for I don't know how many years now. I mean, that's that we have to have that. Uh, but for the fit with Indianapolis, yeah, I think that's another one of those where and we had talked about it earlier is that sure let him let him sit behind Philip Rivers. That's fine, uh, but where is that team going to be at from an offensive skill player position in two years, in three years, with some of their prime assets like already like in the twilight of their careers? I mean, we don't we don't really know what Paris Campbell is as a receiver. Uh, we don't really know what Zach Pascal is as a receiver. Uh, I mean, the the two guys in the backfield are great, but. Can they can they do more? Can they be more than what we consider them to be right now? Could Marlon Mack be more of a receiver out of the backfield? It doesn't look all that great. He's been trending down in targets since he came into the league. Can Naheem Hines be more than a change of pace back? I mean, it, he looks like, at least of right now, he's what we would want Duke Johnson to be in Houston. So we want them to invest more in their offense, and hopefully that's the case and they do that in this draft. But as of right now... Wherever Jalen Hurts goes, I think he should be able to shine because that's the type of player that he is. It's just that with that fit, it's hard for that to. It's hard for us to see that come to fruition unless something changes about who they have like on their squad
2: over the next couple of years. Real quick, Chris, um, I think this is gets undersold. So people talk about how Joe Burrow had over sixty passing touchdowns last year. Yeah, so Hurts in total had. 52 touchdowns, and that's 32 passing and 20 rushing, which is ridiculous. My God. Also, earlier Adam asked if we wanted to switch some guys. So I know we're going to talk about him next, and I'll preview it a little bit. But I would like to switch Hertz's landing spot with Jacob Eason and put Hertz with Tampa Bay so that when Brady is ready to retire, Hertz can take over and have Edwin
1: and Godwin to throw to Oh, man. Yeah, I love Uh, that. I finally get to go in about Jalen Hurts. This makes me so angry, and I didn't get to last week because uh, we had a lot to talk about. We were it was rapid fire. This makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. Why he would be at two point oh seven? Did anybody watch football last year or the past two years? I don't understand. He has fifty two touchdowns, thirty two passing, and twenty rushing. And you're you're seriously telling me that? 2.07 and he's already being projected in the second round, which I think will end up being the first. So he's got he's gonna have early second round pedigree, maybe first round pedigree. So he's definitely gonna get a shot. He's almost definitely gonna go somewhere that needs to use him now. The Colts are probably going to draft a wide receiver if he goes there. That's uh he's being mocked there is uh Chase Claypool. There's way better options there, though. I mean Lavishka Chenault might end up going there but back to hurts he had 5400 yards total 5400 yards of total offense and he's going behind love this makes absolutely no sense whatsoever so i i don't really have many knocks on him he i i checked out bruce matson's article on uh, dlf just to find something to not be biased, and he could have a quicker release. His decision making is a, is a little questionable at times. Those are two knocks that he has, but he's just like you said earlier, Konami. could, We're looking for that. That's the that's the NFL going forward. That's the mold that we need. He's the only quarterback in this class. Like you mentioned, Tua could could have had designed rush, rushing potential. I don't necessarily believe teams are going to view him as that now. Because teams are already freaking out about his, his hip. He seems to think he's fine. His camp seems to be, think he's fine. But no team is drafting him right now based off of his rushing potential demonstrated when they saw him crack his hip open and getting taken on a, on a helicopter. So there's one quarterback in this draft. If, if you're a team in the NFL right now and you're tired of getting lit up by Lamar Jackson and you want to try to keep up with that offense, you have one option in this draft. And he's probably not going to get past the second round, which means you're going to use him. So I, I have no idea. Let's look at the guys ahead of him. He'll he'll easily he'll easily jump into probably the 108 range. Um, the guys that I would want ahead of him if he went to the Colts, which I think he might go earlier than that, uh, would probably be right around the Justin Jefferson tier. So we don't have the newest ADP yet, I don't believe. So Justin Jefferson's still 13. But I think Justin Jefferson's probably going to be like the 108 or the 109 in rookie super flex mocks uh this next time around. So I would put them right between probably Judy and Jefferson. Uh and these running backs, they don't always get great spots. Cam Akers is a great prospect. Dobbins is a great prospect. Uh love Rager, but these are people that can drop behind Jalen Jalen Hurts if he lands in a prime spot and uh man if if he does get to the second round of your rookie mocks ple or our uh rookie drafts please trade up trade what you have to to trade up
0: i tried to warn y'all uh yeah so apparently adam gets really hyped up about jalen hurts and y'all just got to hear his little rant about jalen hurts which i thought was hilarious like in real time listening to him talk about it. But hopefully you guys enjoyed uh, all of our thought processes and some of our thoughts about uh, where these guys might land, their value, how it will affect them, and just our general expectations about what we see coming through the draft with these particular prospects uh, and their dynasty outlook. So uh, we'll go ahead and cut that off here. We've got the second half coming here soon where we talk about uh, the remaining three quarterbacks and some of their outlook. Uh, So... Go ahead and uh, let us know what you think about this one, and we'll have part two coming right at you.
1: When it hits, you feel no pain, praying for the fantasy championship. Hit the books, kid, read this pamphlet called the...
0: Dynasty, owner's manual. It's automatic. Dynasty, it's automatic. Owner's manual. It's automatic. Dynasty, it's automatic.